You're listening to Fandoms. I'm your host, Brody Otway. Join me as I interview a guest about anything from ICP to WWE. Today, we'll be talking about the WWE. Welcome to the show, Sam. Hi, hi, Brody. I mean, thanks for the opportunity. I really appreciate this, and I'm so psyched to um, to actually talk about the WWE. I mean, for, for the most part, um, I've been a WWE fan for quite some time now. I would say the first year or the first time I was a fan was back in 2004. And that was basically the time where, you know, a special group of superstars were on the rise. And we're talking about, you know, John Cena, Randy Orton, Batista, um, Shelton Benjamin, and of course, Brock Lesnar. So at the time, you know, they were the most like billable superstars. Back in the day, it wasn't NXT, right? It was FCW, Florida Championship Wrestling. I first got like a preview of what WWE was like when I first saw the Royal Rumble. So back then I was just, um, you know, around eight years old at the time. That's 2004. Yeah. For a lot of things or for a lot of people, so to speak. I mean, basically for them, it's like WWE is great, you know, it's it's really entertainment and whatnot. But for me, it was more than that. I don't know how it is in the US, but here in the Philippines, you know, when it's like WWE, the basic intro was don't try this at home, right? <laughs> but, you know, me and my classmates would always, you know, try to do that, you know, a couple of great moves from Shawn Michaels's switch in music to Goldberg's spear you know, to Triple H's pedigree and stuff like that. So it was a really fun time for me. Do you remember exactly what it was that first hooked you in with wrestling? Yeah, um, that's a great question. Um, The first was how John Cena verbally abused (laughs) his opponents. That was, for me, that was like, you know, the, 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 the first thing that really hooked me. Number one reason why is it was like John Cena was the Eminem of WWE, right? There, there were a couple of, you know, African-Americans that were really good at wrestling, you know, with their physical gifts, their in-mic talents and everything. But John Cena, when he was on the rise, he was US champion at the time. He, he, he was like different. He was so different. when And when he got that opportunity against JBL, for the WWE Championship in 2005. And that was the same time, you know, Batista was being groomed as a babyface against Evolution, against Triple H and Ric Flair. It was, for me, it was like an exciting time where I'd say, oh man, these two came from FCW and now they're being, you know, being pushed to be top baby, baby faces or simply the fate the new faces you know of wwe at the time so that for me was was really the the moment when i got you know really hooked in so, so yeah mm-hmm. do you have a favorite wrestler currently wrestling and is it different than your favorite like all-time wrestler that's a that's a good one that's actually a hard question because 2004 and wwe currently 
is a little bit different now. For the most part, you know, it has to come with talent, of course. The physicality is still there. For the most part, there's kind of a stark difference between certain types of wrestlers before and now. So take it, for example, for me, I'd say my favorite wrestler growing up is Batista. Batista, hands down. Number one, he's Filipino. He's Filipino-American. So, of course, you know, going back to roots and everything, Batista is the guy. And he was like, again, he was like this certain kind of powerhouse wrestler where he was basically you know starting from deacon batista he was like the enforcer for reverend devon of the dudley boys back then and you know the fun thing for him was he was just so quiet right he didn't really have that um in my uh promos or everything he had to develop that so i mean when you take a look at it it was like for him the huge stepping stone getting over Triple H. So when I when I see Batista, I would like compare him nowadays to the current roster. Let's say Sheamus, he's still in the WWE, but not you know not not full time as much due to you know injuries and whatnot, bookings, etc. But if there was a certain wrestler that I'm a, an absolute favorite of in today's WWE. That would be the one and only Kevin Owens, prize fighter. You know, he's he's basically just wants to fight. His um his mic promos are one of the best. You know, he has these you know crazy um segments and you know just angles and storylines, current and you know for the past let's say three years or so. You know, he has this undying passion and love for the industry whether it be a heel whether it be a baby face it was just it just came natural to him you know so i'd say kevin owens is my favorite wrestler right for now. someone who's not familiar with wrestling and doesn't know what is a heel in a face that's actually a good question again well a heel is basically somebody or a wrestler who is you know portrayed to be the bad guy right yeah. so if you're a heel basically it's like you have to have people hate you. When your music comes up and you go into the ring, people like boo you and like basically, they basically hate you. Um, for the most part, heels are like booked to be the dirtiest, you know, the the cheaters, the the people or the wrestlers that will do basically everything that they need to do to win. They're shit talkers and everything, but for, for the most part as well, most of the times when they are booked as heels, most of them are kind of bigger than than the baby faces or whatnot. Now, going to the baby faces, however, um, they are portrayed as the ones as the good guy. We have your John Cena. He's basically like the absolute baby face. If I remember correctly, he just went heel one time in his whole 20-year career. One time. And it wasn't, it wasn't really um he wasn't selling say, it? Uh, yeah. He, no, no, no. He was selling it, actually. But the people, they didn't really buy it. People don't really see John Cena as the heel, you know? Like, uh, if you if you remember earlier when I said John Cena is like the Eminem of WWE, right? It wasn't the, 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 the moment where people would go out and actually boo him for something 
bad he was doing in the ring, but rather his charisma, his work ethic, and basically his overall demeanor and disposition portrayed him or shot him to be actually a top babyface for a huge amount of years going, you know, from 2005 to around the, the middle part of the 2010s. He was the top babyface, right? So it was really different. So basically, you have your cutout good guys, you know, in terms of baby faces. Here's an uh, interesting thing about baby faces and heels. There are times where the company, in this instance, WWE, has booked them to be heels, but they're being cheered on as baby faces, which is in certain scenarios, you don't really see that much often. There's this recent thing where Seth Rollins was booked as a heel, but people are actually chanting his name, singing his song, because they lean towards more to the heel instead of the baby face. So sometimes, or most cases, there are, you know, scenarios where the heel is supposed to be the baby face and the baby face is supposed to be the heel. But because of people's, you know, reaction, to their rise or to their talents or whatever it is, it's sometimes the opposite way around. So WWE has to be, you know, really creative in the sense that I have to do this in a way or in an angle or in a, you know, in a timeline where people would adapt or would cater more to their perceived roles rather than just their meteoric rise, so to speak. If you were a pro wrestler, would you want to be the heel or the face? That's a great question face or heel that's a tough one another tough one yeah um i'd say i'd be the face you know but a supporting face you know not 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 like you know main event faces like uh daniel bryan at his peak people chanting yes 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 you know that that was that was a surreal moment because basically a little backstory to that is people didn't actually think Daniel Bryan would go over because at the time when he was, you know, doing his yes move, Batista was returning to WWE for a second run. And, you know, it kind of like messed up his, <laughs> messed up his return in a way that he was supposed to win the world uh, heavyweight championship at the time. Sorry, the WWE championship. If I'm not mistaken, the WWE world heavyweight championship at the time, but because of, you know, Daniel Bryan's yes movement. <laughs> he kind of went over, like super over, and, you know, just basically um, got the win and forced Batista into another sabbatical from WWE. Um, going back to your question, face or heel? I'd be the face. Maybe a mid-card face, so to speak, to start off. I, I would say around that time yeah so so basically that that's about it what are your favorite wrestling moves uh could you like name a couple maybe give them a little bit of an explanation for somebody who wouldn't know what they might be yeah in terms of wrestling moves i'd say my favorite wrestling move of all time is the spear you know basically how you do the move and how your opponent sells it it's freaking amazing. And at the same time, it's because a spear for those people out there who are listening or not wrestling fans. So a spear is kind of like a takedown. So there's actually two kinds of spears. We have the regular spear, which are used by your Goldbergs, your Batistas, your Big Shows, your Big E. Um, well, a lot of people use the spear, but those are the people that come off 
the top of my hand. So the regular spear is it's like a takedown, right? Where you pull the legs from under from under your opponent. You launch it. Basically, it's a spear because of the impact, the force, and the direction where you just basically shoot yourself across the ring and into your opponent's um, midsection and sweep his legs under him. Another fun fact is there's this different kind of spear where it's basically used by one person and one person only in the history of WWE. And that is called the gore. And it was used by Rhino in ECW and WWE. The stark difference between the gore and the regular spear is Rhino doesn't sweep his opponent's legs from under him when he uses the move. But basically, he launches himself into a more faster and more impactful move where um he launches himself into the midsection full force <laughs> pushes you into into the move so it gets its name because it's like a rhino ramming and like goring something with its horn yeah so so basically it's like you can you can only imagine if you take a look at rhino clips no not not rhino the animal but rhino the wrestler where Basically, he just gores and the impact is from the middle part of the ring to the end part of the ring because of how much power and force he's using. I'll have to check out a clip online so I can get a real good visual, but you're doing a great job explaining so far. Continue. Yeah, that's really good. Um, Spear, uh, what else? The Chokeslam, made famous, of course, by Kane and The Undertaker. Well, by the name itself, right? The Chokeslam, right? <laughs> somebody chokes you right, the undertaker puts his uh hand around your throat and basically lifts you up in the air and just slams you on your back so it's like another impactful move where you can only imagine right you're going for a ride you oh, know? i imagine a lot of kids got yeah. messed up by that growing <laughs> up. you know basically just you know having your your opponent's hand on your throat and just basically lifting you up and then boom slamming you down on the mat that's gotta you know that's gotta uh put some put some numbers on your back <laughs> if we're talking professional wrestling and what else um power bombs power bombs are basically a little bit you know painful by, by the sound of it right so power bombs is like so you um your opponent's head is in between your legs, right? And then you hold them in their abdomen. And then basically you flip them over your head up until your, you know, your your face. And then you put them up and then you slam them on the mat. So basically that's another um that's another powerful move. There are different variations of it. So you have the Batista bomb, you have the buckle bomb. The buckle bomb used famously by Seth Rollins. So basically, instead of slamming you into the mat, he slams you on the turnbuckle, which is kind of like a little more painful, so to speak, because you're you're bouncing off the turnbuckle and he sets you up for another move. And one of the most famous power bombs variation would be The Undertaker again, would be The Undertaker's last ride. Now, when people hear that saying, wait a minute. That's the last ride. I mean, <laughs> what's going to happen, right? <laughs> it's basically the last ride because it's an it's a more elevated power bomb and it's kind of delayed okay. when you're doing the move. So the the momentum and the sheer time and the sheer moment that you're waiting up there and saying, when is when 
is he going to slam me on the mat? So it takes, you know, a psychological bump in itself, you know, doing the move. So yeah, those those are some of the few moves that I really, really am a fan of. Yeah. I love it. I love your descriptions. You, you, I can picture everything <laughs> just perfectly yeah, clear. Just doing my best. You painted yeah. me a great picture. So Thank what you. obstacles might somebody face for just getting into the WWE now? Out of all the questions you've asked me during this interview, this one is the most insightful, basically the most eye-opening. Because we all know, or people know, especially in the U.S., professional wrestling is no joke. There comes a time where people would say, why do you want to be a professional wrestler? If you're in the WWE, you have to travel basically 365 days a year. If I'm not mistaken, 320 days a year, um, taking time off and, you know, their um, vacation with their families or whatever. So I think one of the biggest obstacles there is... Of course, physically, right? We have to consider that physically. There have been some wrestlers that weren't really, you know, the biggest or the strongest or the baddest, but they did a good job doing the role, whether they be jobbers for comedic effect or basically, you know, just there to provide momentum for certain wrestlers that are being booked continuously for championship reigns, for, you know, massive exposure and massive pushes. Physically, you have to be, of course, at the peak of your game for you to be able to take the hits. Otherwise, you'd be out to the hospital in like a few matches or so. Physically, that's one thing to factor in. Next, of course, you have to love it. If you take a look back at certain wrestlers, you know, interviews, autobiographies or stories or or whatnot, for the most part, they really love this job or this industry. I can say that, you know, WWE wrestling or basically sports entertainment, because it is entertainment, right? The, the name itself is in the company. People get hurt for real. Injuries are real. Injuries are there. You have to be ready for those when you're trying to enter pro wrestling and basically just trying to love this industry. No, sorry, not trying to love, but basically loving this industry from the bottom of your heart. To basically feel that, hey, I'm doing this not as a job, but rather something I love to do, something I want to do, and that is to entertain the fans. One of those things you have to consider as well is politics, because if you're not good with people backstage, you're never going to get you know, the, the certain kind of support or the certain kind of push that you're trying to gain or you're trying to earn. Got to do a little ask, isn't it? Right. But because you don't have rapport with your with your coworkers, with the management, especially, you know, WWE was notorious back in the day when, when, when Vince was part of creatives where, you know, he only had, you know, certain superstars that, ah, even though he's in, he's over with the people. But I don't feel that was kind of like Vince's way, right? Uh, a lot of people think that certain superstars and certain superstars themselves feel that, you know, they were kind of cheated out of their part of their careers because of Vince's booking. But now Triple H has a huge role with WWE creative and with the bookings. So in retrospect, you can clearly see that nowadays, if people are really into a superstar, they kind of see that kind of superstar being pushed now into pushes and great storylines or whatever because of, you know, the changes in directives with regards to management. One best example is the one and only L.A. Knight. He's really becoming 
a massive superstar in his own right, the megastar in his worth, right? Because of the massive push he had over the last year. That would be kind of like the, the main challenges and the main obstacles with regards to you know, becoming a WWE superstar. How do you feel about people when they say stuff like wrestling's fake, stuff like that, when like there are wrestlers getting hurt and stuff? Yeah. So basically, if I had to respond to that in like the no nonsense way, I would say that's bullshit. For people who say that people uh, wrestling is fake. Okay. I will tell them this. Wrestling is fake in the sense that you don't actually win just because you put a couple of moves on your opponent and beat the hell out of them and, you know, basically won. You have to be booked to win, right? That's that. That's it. Because, again, that's sports entertainment. But when you say that people don't get injured in the middle of a match or during their time in WWE, that's basically bullshit. Because there are instances in a televised match where wrestlers actually do get hurt and there have been documented you know videos in youtube or whatever their opponents when they when they see that oh shit he's injured they have these certain you know signals and like certain words where both the opponent and the referee has to stop the match because of that certain word where kind of like a safe word in bed right yeah um there have been documented cases where superstars lost their careers or their careers were ended because of injuries, you know, I'll give you a few examples for the people out there. Basically, John Cena. John Cena has a documented case of being kind of like superhuman in terms of recovery. 2008, Royal Rumble. He was not slated to return at that time, but he was ahead of schedule by a couple of months, which is insane because I guess at the time his injury was his pec, if I'm not mistaken. So that usually would take a couple of like five to six months of recovery and training as well. So I guess he was around maybe three to four months ahead of schedule, which is absurd. It has been clearly documented that doctors actually stated that John Cena has a ridiculous healing and recovery factor. And, you know, basically that, that that's about it, you know, in terms of injuries and stuff like that. But if people say, hey, I've seen clips where wrestlers actually hurt themselves using a blade uh, in, in matches. Well, that is true because they need to, you know, they need to basically bust wide open. But there are cases, like I said, where people really lost or ended their careers because of injuries. Um, a most recent one is Biggie Langston. He's out due to a spinal injury. Which was, yeah, which was a product of a botch, not really a botch. Uh, if the if I'm not mistaken, the move was was a belly to belly or a belly, you know, over the head move. So he landed awkwardly on his neck, which wasn't, you know, which wasn't really, uh, plan. yeah, wasn't a plan. Didn't really look forward to that. And right now he's on the show. He's he's out of the hospital, but his career is now basically on on the rocks and you know it was a seriously unfortunate moment for him basically so yeah for those people who say wrestling is fake in a sense yes but at the same time it's bullshit if you think people don't get hurt that is professional sports pro wrestling is part of professional sports so it's bullshit if you think that people don't get hurt there
Have you ever had any negative experiences with another wrestling fan or any aspect of the wrestling fandom? I'd probably say one in the sense where there, there are people that are really diehard fans of certain wrestlers, right? And for the most part, you don't want to get into those people because they would defend their idols, you know, their superstars to the death. There are people like that. I guess one experience I had, a negative experience was I was in this kind of like wrestling forum. It was in Reddit or something, something like that. I was I was commenting on a certain you know topic where I, I had to come up with a certain example or whatnot. And he kind of took offense saying that um, my example, because I said my example did this particular move better than his idol, right? So he kind of took offense where he's saying, oh, your, uh, your example didn't win any championships when he was blah, blah, blah. You know, he wasn't really booked as a top superstar. And, you know, I kind of like defended myself saying that, dude, that was just an example that came off the top of my head. And I'm sorry, your idol wasn't my example, but you know, that's, that's my opinion, man. I didn't really mean anything by it. I mean, I didn't disparage or talk shit about your idol or whatnot. I actually, you know, at the, la uh, at the latter part of my, you know, of my opinion, I actually said, you know, there are people who did it better, blah, blah, blah. So I wasn't really sure why he attacked me like that. And for me, I was just like, well, there are people like that. You know, for me, it's like sticks and stones, right? I mean, there are people like you and me, right? We have certain people we, we idolize and we really are huge fans of. And if we hear something bad about them, sometimes it ticks us off to the point where, oh, shit, I have to defend this guy, <laughs> you know, something like that. But, you know, negatively, it wasn't really that kind of a negative experience for me, but but rather it was a an eye-opening experience. But yeah, at the same time, it was kind of negative where he just personally attacked me out of nowhere when I didn't really mean anything by it. I find it kind so, of yeah. funny that it happened on Reddit because honestly, in my experiences doing research for this show, yeah. I have gotten so many people at Reddit mad at me for asking questions on there about yeah. things. And yeah. it just seems like that's the, if you want to enjoy your fan base, don't go on reddit because yeah. that's where all the assholes in your fandom probably are hanging out that's correct that's correct i mean there, there are a lot of times where sometimes scenarios happen where is this really is this really happening right now i just asked a simple question right basically you just asked a simple question where for example who do you think is bigger who do you think is bigger uh john cena or um uh, drew mcintyre and then people come in and attack you like are you stupid? Are you blind? Can't you see who's bigger than, than the two of them? Or something like, dude, I'm just asking, you know, like a legit question. That's not, that's not one a other opinions. To, yeah. yeah. Stuff like this actually do happen, especially in the case of fandoms, whatever they may be, you know, whether it's fandoms in a different show. And here's the worst part. Fans of certain shows actually attack fans of different shows, which are totally different things and that's kind of like messed up where where you actually say dude if you're a fan of wrestling for sure um uh call me biased when i say wwe is better than AEW or tna wrestling or new japan pro wrestling or whatever wrestling promotion because that's the biggest you know wrestling promotion out there right but if you're gonna attack me saying that you're stupid you don't know about wrestling come here i'm gonna school you about wrestling you know basically <laughs> Our last question here, what is your 
favorite thing about being a wrestling fan. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's amazing. I'm going to keep this short this time around. Uh, what's best about being a wrestling fan is hope. For me, my personal opinion is hope. You, you have seen wrestlers that came out of nothing, absolutely nothing, where they had to scrap for everything in the sense that, you know, they were really poor. They were living out of their cars, of basements, etc. They had to scrap for everything to go to auditions, trainings, and whatever, because they had nothing. It was their hope. It was their passion. And it was their drive. Insane hope, drive, and passion where they pushed towards their dream, towards their goal, and eventually got to where they are now. I love that, man. You're clearly very inspired and very passionate about it. This is why I do. Yeah, that's the best thing about being a wrestling fan. You see certain wrestlers come up on the rise. And when you hear and when you know about their backstories, sometimes you would look and say, man, this guy endured everything to become a pro wrestler. If I was in their shoes, I wouldn't even dream or I, I wouldn't even hope to become half of what they are because of what they're trying to accomplish and everything. For me, that's basically the best thing about being a wrestling fan. And of course, being a kid again, <laughs> you know, just being part of that, you know, awesome childhood of yours, you know, memories that you have with your with your family, with your friends. So for me, those are the few things that really inspired me to be a wrestling fan or basically just made me into a big wrestling fan that I am today. So yeah, awesome. that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Sam. I've had a blast talking with you. You've been amazing. Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, I'm always looking forward to your posts in the podcast group because I, I was looking at it and say, oh man, Brody is, is on a, is on a good way. You know, I mean, he's, he's trying to do his part, you know, his passion in doing podcasts and I'm here to support him. For me, that, that, that was it. That was the message in my head. So I really much. appreciate, yeah, I appreciate um, the time and the opportunity for this. Um, really, really thankful, man. Thank you so much. Thanks a bunch for tuning in. If you'd like to be a guest yourself, want to see a list of upcoming episodes, give feedback, or suggest questions, join us on Discord, or reach out to us on Twitter. You can also reach us at email at pod.fandoms at gmail.com. And if you could give us five stars on your podcast app of choice, we'd really appreciate it, as it helps us get new lovely listeners like yourself. Thank you.